ladies and gentlemen, do not touch that dial because this is the Dial Podcast, bringing you the very latest and greatest in the worlds of sports, entertainment, tech, politics, culture, all of that good stuff. I am your occasionally illustrious host. My name is Josh Pritchett, and today I am joined by the host of the Real Tech Hours podcast. His name is Parker Holmes. And Parker, what do we do on Real Tech Hours? We talk about tech during Real Tech Hours. Yes, we, sir. Uh, we, uh, we had a great episode last Saturday. Today is Friday when we're recording this, but last Saturday was a great episode. Lots of listens, lots of plays, some good feedback. Um, we had the rant. We had uh, we had a Real Tech Hours segment. We talked about the movies. We talked about streaming. We talked about Tesla moving to Texas. It was a great episode. You can check it out anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, links will be in my bio of my Instagram, at the creative JP. You can go and follow me there um, for all of those links, um, as well as to the link for this podcast as well. Today, we're also going to be starting out with the rant, but it's not going to be me today. I have asked, uh, I've asked Parker to bring some real tech hours flavor flavor to the rant today and he has cooked up something for us to dive into and we will have uh we will have our discussion afterwards so we're just gonna give it to the man himself to uh rant thanks josh okay so on last week's rant we talked about the whole situation surrounding the election obviously it was a crazy year and there's been a lot of discussion on politics in general recently, and it's for good reason. With the inauguration occurring just yesterday and newly sworn in President Biden already off to a sprinting start in implementing his plan for the future of our nation, there's already a great deal to comment on. However, for this week's rant, let's look not to our nation, but up to the stars. So today I figured we would take a look at why Starlink is the future for internet connection at home and in the business. So this past Wednesday, SpaceX set a new record. They're constantly breaking records and they have another one on their hands. Their B1051 first stage booster became the first reusable engine to make eight trips to space and back. This booster made its first flight back in March of 2019. Truly a spectacle to see and a continued step in the direction of space exploration. But this time, the cargo on board is the most interesting piece, as it also marks the crossing of a great milestone for another SpaceX project. This rocket carried up the latest batch of Starlink satellites, bringing the total amount to over 1,000 deployed to date. Titled Starlink, the project plans to see a constellation of satellites in low Earth, low Earth orbit. The satellites would link together and beam an internet connection down to the ground. All you need to receive the connection is a smallish dish that's about the size of a large pizza box. With a relatively quick setup, you can be off to the races. Despite the ease with which I just explained it, there are a few questions that we need to address before deciding that this is truly the future for home internet. Like, don't similar offerings already exist? What kind of performance does such a system offer? How expensive will the service be? And how much longer until Starlink sees the light of day? First, let's tag us, tackle the biggest issue. The current alternative. No, Starlink isn't an entirely new idea. Star satellite internet has existed for quite some time at this point. Starlink is, however, a new approach to satellite internet. Traditional satellite inter internet providers use satellites that are much further from Earth than you would expect. 
Existing satellite infrastructure sits over 22,000 miles above the Earth's surface. This vast distance causes a number of issues. The first one being latency. Latency is how long it takes for the signal to go from your device to the server you're connected to and then back. So if you type in a question on Google, the data from your device needs to travel all the way out to the satellite, back down to Google servers, back up to the satellite, and then back down to your device. This typically happens at breakneck speed. For people with traditional internet connection that runs through the, cop the copper cable that comes in their home, maybe a second or two. If you have fiber internet connection, less than a second. With the satellite being over 22,000 miles away from you, it takes a lot longer. For reference, it's the circumference of the Earth sits around 24,901 miles. So basically, the data from the question you put on Google has to make a full trip around the Earth before it can even get to Google. Sure, it might not seem like big a deal, but that is one of the most basic examples. If you want to watch a video or stream a movie, you have to imagine the data is constantly making that trip, and any delay at any point of the system causes a slowdown in the whole chain. So if you're watching a video on YouTube, typically you have a bit of a loading at the beginning. This is for the video to get ahead of you and build a buffer. It uses this buffer to keep your video playing while it gets the rest of the video for you. This late, with high latency, the system is pressed for time, and if it can't get more of the video to you in time, then it will need to pause. The higher the latency, the worse the problem. And that's only for something as simple as watching a video. Any task that requires you to send and receive signals at the same time, like gaming or video conferencing, is hindered even more by such a system. The second issue is that of overall connection. You often hear about how this company is offering you X upload speed or Y download speed. When it comes to satellite internet, you are heavily limited. Since the data you are sending and receiving has to make such a far trip, it needs to get there as smoothly as possible. Because the satellites are so far out, they are often utilizing longer frequency wavelengths, like radio waves, to make the trip. And radio waves have a very low limit on how much information they can carry at a given time when they're stretched out at such a distance. So let's take a quick look at how good of an offering we can get. HughesNet, a major satellite internet provider and the first to show up on Google whenever you search for satellite internet provider, offers 25 megabytes per, megabits per second download and 3 megabits per second upload. The main part of choosing a plan, though, is the data cap. For $60 a month, they will offer you 10 gigabytes of data. This is a soft cap, however, is once you pass this cap, your download speed is reduced to around 1 to 3 megabits per second. But what does any of that mean? Well, to anyone who knows a little bit about home internet, it means you're getting robbed. The average, and I mean average, broadband speed worldwide is 84 megabits per second download with an upload of 44.1 megabits per second as of August 2020. Download is where the vast, vast majority of the action occurs for the average user. This determines how fast you are able to download a movie or you can watch Netflix and at what resolution. So let's get basic. If you want to watch Netflix, they recommend at least 3 megabits per second for standard definition at 720p is what standard definition is. So okay, so far so good. On average, one hour of streaming will use one gigabyte of data. Assuming you have the 10 gigabyte plan, which you're paying $60 a month for, you can stream 10 hours of Netflix a month. And that's it. No space for anything else that's even remotely taxing. At that point, you basically can only do basic web browsing. According to OpenVault, a provider of broadband industry statistics or an analytics, the average US household that is internet only, meaning they don't have a cable or TV subscription of any kind, consumes 395.7 gigabytes per month. 
so much for the little 10 gigabyte cap they gave me for $60 a month. With all that we've gone over, who would even consider satellite internet at this point? The people who don't have access to anything better. While the percentage of people in the U.S. who do not have access to a broadband connection, which is the copper line that runs underground to provide internet to numerous homes in a given area, is shrinking, it is shrinking slowly and at a near snail's pace. If this past year is anything to go by, it demonstrates a necessity for basic, decent internet access at the home. Enter Starlink. SpaceX's answer to horrible internet offerings. Starlink is, as I mentioned earlier, an array of satellites in space that provide internet access to the ground below. The major difference is that Starlink satellites are only 273 miles above the Earth's surface. This allows them to dramatically improve the end user experience on all fronts. With connection results and latencies that match or beat traditional broadband connection, this service is a blessing to those who don't live in a major metropolitan area. It is also a blessing to those who haven't been reached by the growing expansion of fiber optic internet, boasting download speeds between 50 and 100 megabits per second, upload speeds around 10 to 15 megabits per second, and average latency in the 40 to 50 millisecond range, Starlink far outclasses similar offerings, especially when you consider that HughesNet offers 25 megabits per second download with 3 megabit per second upload with a latency of over 700 milliseconds at best. Back in early 2020, I wrote a paper for the, final, for the part of my final college project as to why Verizon should partner with SpaceX and be the customer service portion of Starlink. In that paper, I had to justify the return on investment that Verizon would receive. Essentially, it's if Verizon puts in X amount of money and they want to get this much back in the first year, what is that going to look like? And how could they achieve that? Around that time, the size of the wireless telecommunications market in the US alone was $282.9 billion. Many estimates put Starlink's initial user base to be quite large, but even assuming they capture 0.5% of the market they stand to make, $1.4 billion in revenue, just at 0.5%. That's not even a full percentage. And given the demand for such an offering and the follow a person like Elon Musk has, they will easily exceed those numbers. As for part of the service, it has been hinted at numerous times that they are shooting for around $80 a month. And this is looking to stick about where it is. This doesn't include, however, the initial cost of $500, which is the cost of the dish that you'll need to bring the service in your house, uh, similar to the router you have downstairs that you rent or have already purchased from on your own. Uh, so this is clearly extremely competitive, if not killer in the given market, considering you're paying $60 for something way less on a monthly basis. When you factor out the 500 over a couple of months, it turns into not that big of a deal at all. And when it comes to timing and availability, it's nearly ready for the market as the service is already embedded in the US with expansion to other countries coming as soon as they get more satellites in space. After the success, successful launch on Wednesday, SpaceX announced they will begin an early public beta of the service in Canada and the UK. With 5G still a ways out for becoming the standard and fiber optic expansion only occurring as fast as they can build the infrastructure, SpaceX stands to make a tremendous impact with Starlink in these areas that aren't serviced currently by the traditional providers. And we haven't even begun to discuss the implications of such a service in other countries that hardly have internet access offerings to begin with. Sure, an impoverished country can't pay $80 a month. It's just not doable when you, you know, are 
are working day to day to try to make ends meet to just get food on the table, $80 a month isn't something you can provide uh, and at all at, at any point. But this assumes that they wouldn't use other countries to subsidize their offerings to continue or to countries that have little to no access. So, for example, they could use the profits they make here in the U.S. to subsidize their offering when they go to places like uh, Africa. And they could cut the price back substantially to a point where they're losing a lot of money, but they're still offering that service there because they're trying to do a public good. And that's about all I have for the rant this week, Josh. All right. Wow. Man, I want it. That's all I can tell you right now. This was the rant. Uh, thank you so much for uh, Parker for for bringing that. Um, that's crazy, bro. So tell me more. That tell is. me a bit more about. Um, tell me a little bit more about their rough timeline. So you said they they have some kind of a beta that is going on right now. Do you have what are what are it, some of the the details about that? Yeah, so it began maybe four to six months ago in the U.S., and it's really it's, – it's not early at this point since it's been a little bit. But in the early days, they were offering the service to uh, like emergency responders so when the fires were happening out in California uh, right. back in 2020. And it was hard to get you know landlines out there for them to have internet connection. They were handing out – the dishes to connect to the Starlink because it was already enough usable satellites in space that they could provide this access. And so the first responders on the ground were using Starlink as their only connection to the outside world, and they were experiencing exactly what uh, SpaceX said that they were going to experience. It's going to be, you know, just as good if not better as a traditional connection, and it's going to, you know, bring access to areas that just don't have it now mm. as soon as you set it up because the, star the satellites are always up there they're always floating around and they're they're in a constellation pattern where they're you're always have coverage no matter where you're at as that's the whole plan and that if one falls away some of the others can kind of like move into the area and try to like pick up the slack of that one that you know maybe decommissioned or got damaged or just doesn't work anymore mm -hmm. and so that's kind of like now it's a little more public uh, in terms of the beta. They did start accepting um, applications for people who live um, in the more northern areas of, I think it's North America, because since they just expanded to Canada, they're trying to do areas that are more rural initially, where they're really going to be heavily targeting this uh, service to. And so they said, hey, send us your email. If we determine that you're in the area that we'd like to pick up, then we'll, you know, we'll shoot you back. And so some people have been paying already for the service and using it and, and enjoying it hmm. in terms yeah, of so I just, full access yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really i couldn't say in terms of full yeah, access so I say. so yeah you go to starlink.com and it brings up a tab uh, you can enter your email mm -hmm. and your service address to uh, participate in starlink's beta um let's see there's an extra link here uh, what comes in my Starlink kit includes everything you need to connect to the internet, including your Starlink Wi-Fi router, power supply, cables, mounting, mounting tripod. Interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Um, why do I need a clear field of view? You could see the connection between a Starlink satellite and your Starlink. It would look like a single beam. Uh, download for iOS. Uh, download the Starlink app. That's very cool. Um, so yeah, the website has all this FAQ type stuff for people who are joining the beta. Here's a fun bit. Uh, I live in an area with heavy rain, snow, or wind. Can I still use Starlink? Your Starlink will detect and melt snow that falls directly on it. However, That's accumulated, accumulating snow around your Starlink may block the field of view. We recommend installing Starlink in a location that avoids snow buildup and other obstructions from blocking the field of view. Heavy rain or wind can also affect your satellite internet connection, potentially leading to slower speeds or a rare outage. Uh, Starlink meets the national electrical code grounding requirements and includes necessary lightning protection. So they really did think of everything um, with this. I, I'd be very curious to see um, how long we're in beta phase with this. Because um, again, I think, like you said, the appeal of this is that it, it brings this consistent internet connection uh to everyone, you know, potentially. And so it's just one of those things that um, it's just such an attractive service and such a helpful service. Um, and, and to be such a competitively priced service as well, I think is the most um, the most upstanding thing about the whole endeavor is that they have this very unique, very well thought out service um that they can afford to price competitively, not just because it's a Tesla product, ultimately it's a, it's a SpaceX product, um, but because, you know, they know it's, you know, everybody's going to want to get their hands on it and it's a useful thing. So that's really cool. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Please do us a favor, Parker, by keeping us uh, up to date with all things Starlink. Uh, For sure. And, and all things SpaceX. They uh, actually started accepting... Uh, you would submit your address initially is how you would sign up for the beta, and they started to, uh, accepting them back on July 14th. I just looked up the email. Got it. Okay. That is dope. So it's been what? Over six months now? Yeah, over, over six months now. Over six months. That is kind of crazy. All right, we're gonna do something new uh, this episode of the Dow. Real quick though, before we before we get into that, just a reminder: uh, you can listen to any of our old shows um, anywhere you find your podcasts, and also on Anchor.fm. That is the site we use for distribution. Um, you can find the link to Anchor.fm in the bio of my Instagram at the Creative JP, and then all the other avenues by which to listen can be found. There. So Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you find your podcast. And you can also listen to Parker's podcast, the Real Tech Hours podcast, where he talks about tech during real tech hours. We're going to do something new. We're going to go around the dial today. Okay. Make a name for ourselves at the dial, covering loads of different topics. And so that's what we're going to do. Um, we're just going to kind of go through a gauntlet of information. Um, 
we could stop to discuss as need be. Um, Parker, feel free to to butt in here if you have comments or you know questions, this, that, and the other. So, as of Wednesday, your this is a episode of podcast has gone up on Saturday, the twenty third. As of Wednesday, the twentieth, uh, President Joseph Biden was inaugurated as the forty sixth president. Uh, oh, come on, music. Thank you so much. As the 46th president of the United States, uh, he's gone and started signing lots of executive orders. Um, a lot of things he's doing very early on, so we'll have to see how all of that pans out the next four years. Um, within hours of his inauguration, there were demonstrators in Portland, Oregon. Oregon in the news. Again, it seems like something is always happening there. Uh, they were met with tear gas. Uh, they broke windows of government buildings, uh, including the Democratic National Committee headquarters there in Portland. Uh, they had some funny signs. Uh, one of them said, we don't want Biden, we want revenge. Funny sign, I guess. Uh, as well as no cops, no prisons, no borders, no presidents. Uh, these were described, this is from New York Times, by the way. Uh, these protesters were described as being 200 racial justice, anarchist, and anti-fascist activists. Biden won, and so did corporate elites. Another sign said that. You got some funny signs, Parker. Um, I see that. I don't know what to make of this, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I feel like I do, but I also don't. It's just, you know, it illustrates one thing for sure, and that's that I think a lot of people feel like Biden has this, you know, this big shiny red button, you know? It's just going to fix everything that we've dealt with the last year or two, which is not the case, like, logically speaking. Like, there's good stuff he can do, you know, but it's like just because – you know, we don't have a narcissist as our president now. Doesn't mean that like everything goes away. You know, um, just. Though I totally understand like the mentality. It's just I don't think put forth in the best possible wordage. Um, this is a bit of humorous politics. Um, there's a video I found on YouTube while browsing. Uh, former congressman from Tennessee, a guy named Harold Ford, was on a panel. Uh, I believe it was on Fox. I don't know. What, I think it was on Fox. Um, He's on a panel, and in the video, you could clearly see he had a picture of Mao Zedong over his fireplace. <laughs> yeah, American, American, a former American congressman, a picture of a Chinese despot over his fireplace. Nice. Um, yeah, that that was my reaction as well. There's there's just no there are no words for that. Uh, the, the the comment section is fun. The comment section of that video was fun, and I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, I may even link it somewhere for people to find. Um, jump down to tech. In the world of tech. Around the dial. Tech. Um, there's a company called Satellogic, um, and they have entered a multi-launch contract with SpaceX. We were just talking about them. Um, to start sending up some of their own communications equipment. So SpaceX is partnering with another company. Um, well, no, Satellogic is partnering with SpaceX. Uh, Satellogic is partnering with SpaceX. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Parker, looks like, Parker, looks like you added this in here. Uh, I Apple, did. Apple, you have some things to say about this? I, I hope if, if you're, I, if you're down. I mean, we, we can talk about it for sure. Uh, I know Apple, you recently, you know, joined the Apple train yourself, so. Oh, you know, a little, little while back. Yeah, I did. Uh, I've actually had my iPhone for over a year, believe it or not. No. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Apple is expected to report over 100 billion in revenue 
for the first time this past quarter on the back of a surge in holiday iPhone and at home purchases. That's crazy. One hundred, one hundred billion. One hundred billion in four that is, months. That's that's. Can you imagine making hundred billion in four months? I can imagine it. It's just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, entertainment section. So we'll we'll jump back to that. So we can we'll we'll discuss that a little bit. We'll get into the Apple combo a little bit. Um, in the world of entertainment, this is relevant to me. But respawns Battle Royale Apex Legends uh, is about to enter its eighth season. They're choosing a new legend called Fuse. He looks cool. He's Aussie, so that's dope. Uh, they got some new guns, changing maps. Uh, in the world of sports, um, San Diego Padres, uh, they were the second seed in the National League West division last year, and they are looking to gear up, it seems, for a run at the National League West title. They've gotten three elite pitchers in the past month of off-season, off-season trading. Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays, Yu Darvish from the Cubs, and Joe Musgrove from the Pirates. And they already have quite the talented roster. Um, so they're just adding and adding talent. And so it definitely will be a team to watch this upcoming season. Uh, Phillip Rivers, uh, NFL quarterback, has announced his retirement from the National Football League after 17 seasons. Um, he was drafted in the same year as Eli Manning, who's Peyton Manning's younger brother, and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Eli Manning has since retired. Uh, ben Roethlisberger will probably be next. I, it's hard to imagine that he'll play much longer. I don't think. I actually don't think he'll play next year. Um, Manning and Roethlisberger actually have both played in and won Super Bowls. Uh, Philip Rivers has not. Um, but ironically, he has a higher career completion percentage, a higher touchdown rate, and a higher quarterback rating than either Eli Manning or Ben Roethlisberger, but Rivers has never won a Super Bowl. Um, NHL just started. Hockey. It's great. I'll probably be watching a game tonight at some point. Uh, there's been some restructuring in the league. And finally, uh, this just happened today as of Friday the 22nd. Hank Aaron has passed away at the age of 86. Um, he was second all-time on Major League Baseball's home run leaderboard. He had 755 career home runs uh, over a career that spanned about 26 years. Um, and he was a 25-time All-Star. Um, and he played in the All-Star game 24 of those 25 times. Um, very impressive career. Um, one of the all-time greats, um, Hank Aaron, passed away today at the age of 86. Uh, there has been some discussion as to why. Um, just a fun tidbit for the conspiracy theorists out there. Um, Mr. Aaron had received his COVID-19 vaccination less than two weeks ago. That's just a fun bit of information for you. Uh, but it seems like no one knows the cause of death at this point in time. He was 86, but as far as everyone is aware, he was in excellent health. Um, and so we will have to see um, what any testing or post-mortem analysis uh, reveals. That's around the dial. Um... I do want to jump back to this to this Apple bit though, 
Um, so that's 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 fascinating. A hundred billion dollars. Hundred billion dollars in revenue in four in months. One so quarter, in four months. So and so this is just from the new iPhone, iPhone twelve, and people buying Apple products from home, like primarily, right? That's that's where the so a while back Apple stopped reporting the specific numbers on device sales. They they saw the trending either stagnation or decline of iPhone sales and they decided we're gonna stop reporting individual numbers for all of our products across the board and we'll just give general uh what could you say? percentages of what's doing what right no specific numbers and so the reports are that this time around that everything is pointing up iphone sales are up ipad sales are up mac sales are up and this is all off the back of the new iphones over this holiday season they had their new macbooks using their first uh in-house silicon on those uh their their own processor on the inside instead of intel uh, a lot of work from home, a lot of people buying iPads, a Macs to work from home. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's kind of like the perfect culmination timing for them right now where they're, they're kind of killing it. They're actually really killing it right now. And uh, I mean, I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. I just saw there's an, there's an iPhone 12 mini. I did not know this. There is an iPhone 12 mini. It it's is wild. It is priced seven hundred dollars, if I remember correctly. That's insane. Uh, and it took over the spot of the uh, regular iPhone. The regular iPhone got bumped up to eight, I think, Ooh. which was a bit of a surprise. A lot of people expected the iPhone Mini to come in at six, and the regular iPhone to stay at seven, but that's not what happened. But I think they're trying to create a bit of a, di- a, a bigger differential between the iPhone SE 2020 edition and yeah. the iPhone Mini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, a lot of people like the Mini. Oh, it's been... I'm surprised they didn't do it earlier. There is strong demand in the smartphone market for smaller devices. I mean, just look at Google Pixel 5. It's the device that I'm currently carrying in my pocket, and it reversed like three years of Google's phone building where they've just been getting bigger and bigger and bigger and suddenly their flagship device is cost less and it's smaller and I mean it, it's killed it this year it's crazy. and then you got the iPhone mini iPhone mini killed it uh, it was actually held back a little bit because of supply shortages because just 5G chips in general and then the pandemic making that even worse Right. so I mean yeah, it's, Apple, the demand Apple, is there. Apple stock sits currently just under 140 bucks. Um, so bad for one share. Uh, and there, over the past month, it's been a little up and down over the past month, but really only in the vein of about ten dollars differential. Um, five years has been a very steady incline, though. Um, as of January 29th, 2016, Apple stock sat at $24 and 34 cents. Um, 
As of about the same date in 2019, we sat at $39. And then here we are on the 22nd of It was closer to 120. They recently did a stock split, but it was it was the amount that's worth now would have been worth thirty dollars back. That's right. Apple did a stock split. I know a bunch of companies did a stock split. I know Tesla did um, as well. Um, it's a perfect time. Well, speaking of Tesla stock, what is their stock? It's eight sitting? something now. I believe it's over eight. Eight forty six sixty four. Yeah. Is currently already back up there. Already back up there. Can't beat Bitcoin Trending though. Up. Bitcoin is insane. Is Bitcoin t trending down right now? Uh, a tad because it hit its lowest point. It hit, it hit forty thousand on the eighth. Um, everybody sold. It had dipped down to thirty-four thousand on the twelfth, bumped back up to thirty-nine on the fourteenth, and now we're sitting at thirty-two. So we're kind of in that thirty-two to thirty-six kind of here and there right now um here's an interesting article what will happen to bitcoin after all 21 million are mined that's interesting uh the reward will continue to have every four years until the final bitcoin has been mined in actuality the final bitcoin is unlikely to be mined until around the year 21 40 so we'll be dead um <laughs> fascinating um going back to apple really quick you've been team iphone for a year now what do you, yeah, what do you I, think which I, one did you come off of you came off of the samsung or an so LG? here's the deal so i had been i've been rocking the iphone 5 um for some time and then it just got slow on me you know as they do mm -hmm. um and so 2018, I think it was, I switched over to um, an LG. Uh, I was using an LG V20 for a while, and that was an experience. Right. Um, it, was it was cool. The camera was good. Um, the interface was not difficult. Um, LGs are nice. LGs are nice, but the battery life started going pretty fast. Um, faster than advertised, actually, um, if I remember right. Um, and then eventually, I think around the end of the year 2019, I purchased the iPhone XR um, from a guy who had had two because his two kids had had them, but then were selling them. Um, and so I bought one of them, and it, it was like new. And so I basically got it like new. I mean, the battery was at 98% capacity when I got it, so there had barely been any use put into it. So I got a pretty good deal. Um, in terms of comparing OS, um, Apple is nice, I feel like, because it gives you more flexibility around other engines and other programs and applications that are not conformed around Google. Um, I pers I don't mind Google. I personally have a lot of concerns about that company, though, in terms of some of their privacy stuff. Um, same thing with like Facebook, also um, that I think will eventually have to be addressed as well. And I feel like Apple is kind of one of the big tech companies out there who's done a better job, in my opinion, 
uh, taking privacy, customer privacy very seriously. There's only so much you can do if you're a big company like that because you have to monitor certain things. You have to get certain information from customers to collect data and this and that. Uh, but I like – that's the one thing – that's the my biggest knock on some of those Android products is that they're so heavily Google-centric. Um, and Google's – I mean Google's awesome. Like don't get me wrong. Like it allows you to have email and, 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 and storage and, and word processing and, and spreadsheet processing and, and so many useful things. And Google Voice um, and YouTube obviously because YouTube is owned by Google. But um, – yeah, it's just nice to feel like you have that option to not use it. I feel like Apple is better about that um, than Android stuff. Um, ultimately, though, the, my biggest my biggest plus with Apple is just the iOS is so easy. It's so straightforward. It's so down to earth. And even after 13 iterations of iOS, are we 13 or 14? I think we're on iOS 14, actually. Um, after 13 or more iterations of iOS, it's like they change just enough to keep it new, but not so much that you're confused when you open your phone up for the first time after an update. So mm. that's really nice. Um, Android, I feel like, doesn't update enough, actually. Um, and it just feels kind of like the same. Um, but if I... I mean, I'm trying to think here. If I had... If I had one knock on... Apple phones, like one serious. It's honestly Siri. Really? You know? Yeah. Um, and Siri is very useful, especially like if I'm in the car. I don't want to look at my phone, but right. Um, you would think that Siri would be at a point where there are things that she doesn't understand that she would by now. There, there's like I feel like the the speech recognition should be even better than it is. Um, I don't know, and maybe Siri they does maybe feel kind of abandoned. Maybe and and maybe they purposefully don't go all out so that nobody starts being afraid of like the robots taking over the world and stuff like that. Which, if that's the case, I I, I get it. Like you don't you don't want that. Um, it's funny. There's there's a show. I think it's on Fox. It's called Next, uh, and it's about like AI and what hap- what could theoretically happen if AI like goes haywire and becomes sentient and stuff like that. Uh, like getting into other programs and causing havoc and causing people to turn on each other and this sort of whatever. Uh, and I was walking home. I was walking in from work one day. It was probably about a month, maybe a month and a half ago now. My dad was sitting watching one of the episodes. And my, you have to understand. My, so my dad is an electrical engineer. Okay, he's a very smart guy. Like it's scary how smart he is. Sometimes he graduated from Purdue with a degree okay. in electrical engineering. Okay. He he's worked he's worked he's worked for uh, for Lockheed. Um, he doesn't do that anymore, but like, so he's, he's in it. Right. And I, I asked him straight up, I was like, so, yo, as a, as a man of the tech world and, and someone who knows this sort of thing, like, is this something that you legitimately like have your eye on as being even remotely possible? And he's like, theoretically, yeah. And I'll tell you what, Parker, I've never taken the threat of AI so seriously as I had in that one split <laughs> second. Um, I don't know, just something about your own father saying, yeah, yeah, it could be really dangerous. Just something about that. But yeah, anyway, so all that to say, if Apple is purposefully keeping a tighter leash on what Siri can do, 
because of that, like, fine, I'm all for that. And I will, I, I would prefer a Siri being wimp, you know, as opposed to the Terminator. But, um, I think if I had one knock on Apple, theoretically, it would, it would be that. And there are other things that, that, that come up obviously. Um, but I think that's the, the biggest one. It's actually a miracle how easy to use Apple products are actually. Um, anyway, do you have anything else on, on that? Siri, uh, a couple of things. My guess on Siri is that either one, they just haven't figured it out because that's hard. It's it's hard to make yeah. a personal assistant. Just look at Cortana on Windows. They keep pushing that sucker, and nobody bloody uses it. It's it's hard, hard, hard to make a. I mean, I can't stress enough how difficult it is to make an assistant that is constantly trying to adapt itself to your lifestyle like for example so uh one of the funny things is is if you didn't have such issues with google i would recommend you look at a pixel phone just to try it out like i plan on trying out an iphone this year at some point all right my next phone purchase will probably be uh either an iphone come this fall if they keep a nice design language because uh, i do like the the current iteration of iphones they look very nice um and so they I plan are. to try those out, but I, I, like, I would say I like that I like that return to kind of the the iPhone five aesthetic where it's like squared off. I like that a lot. I I yes, I really like the 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 border of the phone where it's a, a nice uh, kind of like glossed uh, shiny metallic with the back being I like the um, I believe it's on the pro ones versus the normal ones where it's the frosted glass. I I love the frosted glass backs there. Mm fantastic and i really like the the dark blue that they put on the color one this year i mean oh when when the pixel first did the frosted glass back where it was soft touch it was first on the pixel 3 that i that's the first phone that i ever remember seeing it on and that's the first real flagship device i ever owned i was like man this body feels it feels so nice in the hands and it looks nice. It doesn't pick up fingerprints like you think it would. And it's just, it's such a nice design feature that I'm surprised it took so long to to kind of, for companies to figure it out. Like Samsung just started doing it with their, uh, this year with their latest iteration of S21 devices, which come out in seven days. Um, but anyways, the, uh, where I was going with that was that if you didn't have such issues with Google, I think you would really like a Pixel device because I think so too. I think so. As they well. get updates on the monthly. They get new features every, if not every update, at least every three months because they have this thing called Feature Drop, where essentially they have four or five new features that they're working on, and it's a Pixel exclusive features that you just get in advance of whatever coming Android iteration is happening. So if they're looking at something, they're going to say, let's throw it to the Pixel device. It's basically testing ground for Android. And it's really nice. It's stock experience. That's mm. one of the issues with the Android side of the market when you're comparing OSs is, is they're all different. LG has their own different version of Android because while it's Android at the core, there's a skin layered on top of it. And so it's LG's design on top of Android or Samsung's design on top of Android or right. uh, you know any other major player. Uh, Sony uh, makes uh, Android devices. And then uh, you really only look at somebody else like OnePlus where they just uh, do their Oxygen, they call it Oxygen OS. It's super light. It 
it hardly changes anything. If anything, it makes Android faster because they're just kind of removing some of the animations and, and other background processes. But, but yeah, I think I think you would like a Pixel device. They are uh, they drop the features more often. I did want to ask: Have you bought any other Apple devices or, or products since then, like you know AirPods or? Or I don't think you have a watch because I would have noticed it. No, my next my next purchase is going to be a new Mac though. That's the next. Oh, one. okay, okay. Yep. But did you have a Mac? You had a Mac before though, right? I have a Mac currently. It's a it's a twenty seven. Okay, yeah. It's a it's a. Oh dear lord, what is it? Uh, Relatively it's, new. It's a, it's a twenty fifteen MacBook Air. Oh, okay. So not too bad. Yeah. But I I was wondering if you you know you'd grab some AirPods or something like that just to kind of like go with the whole ecosystem because you know that's kind of how they get you as they yeah you, your foot gets in the door and then then they they drag you in. No, I've got uh, I've got JBL wireless headphones. Oh, okay. those are mine. Those okay. are mine. Or J J Lab J Labs. Is there... Right, right, right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, no, it's not it's not sponsored by J Labs. It's not not a paid, not a paid promotion. But it could be. J-Labs. Hit him up. Um, Hit him up, boy. But I did want to mention you said you had an LG device, and it reminded me really quickly that LG is actually considering exiting the smartphone market. Really? Uh, it's really difficult. It's really, really difficult for smartphone makers that are not Samsung, Apple, or Huawei. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's, it's tough. Like, uh... We saw the collapse of HTC a while back. Their whole design department got bought up by Google for their Pixel lineup. Uh, Sony is, for some reason or other, like barely. They make one device every year, and I mean they're they're beautiful devices. They're 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 literally. Uh, in fact, you might you would probably appreciate them most out of everybody because they're cinema built devices. These mm. screens on the phones are designed for movie viewing. The features of the camera that are built in are as close to cinema or like you know cinematography uh, style layouts and and kind of assets that you use in built into these devices that you wouldn't see anywhere else. And uh, so that's kind of like their unique features is is uh, really going at the like watching experience for sony's right. phones even though they've become struggling but lg is one of the ones that is considering exiting currently it's rumored uh despite their recent success with the lg wing i don't know if you saw if you saw that the uh mm. their smartphone that looks like a normal smartphone and then you flip the top screen to the left and it makes a t-shape wow yeah so it's two screens it's very cool Probably the coolest application actually is the it's a built-in gimbal. It acts as a gimbal. What? Yes, sir. Get the it heck has a out little, of here. It 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 can uh, the camera module is like uniquely arranged in such fashion that on the bottom screen. So uh, if you look it up for for reference, the LG Wing, you swing the top screen to the side, and uh, the top screen makes uh, goes horizontal, and then there's a that small is... bottom screen. And on the bottom screen, it pulls up camera controls. So it'll give you uh, like a stabilization mode, and then it'll give you the little. Uh, normally, you have like a little tactile um, button on some, uh, like a that, selfie stick kind of, but more advanced. That is, and then you can move around the camera cool. pan. And Holy yeah, cow. it's it's a, it's a, their it's part of their Explorer series, 
or something like that. I don't know what, what? they call the line of phones, but they're supposed to, they're bringing out a whole bunch of different concept designs and just launching them. And that the wing is, is nutty. The that is nutty, they're, bro. They're, they're pretty cool. The next one is supposed to be a rolling screen. Uh, that's like a, the phone is like a set height and then it can expand upwards. So it's like a scroll style, I guess is how you'd say it. Um, that's wild. But yeah, the phone space is wild. Phone space is wild. Phone space is wild, bro. What is what is this, man? <laughs> Nutty. 117 degree field of view. Triple rear cameras. Pretty wide. Pop-up selfie camera. That's that's okay. You're just yes, sir. You're just, pop, I, the pop-up selfie was kind of is was kind of excessive. You're just you're LG is just showing off now. That's crazy, brother. And then they're like, you know what? Maybe we don't want to do this. <laughs> they drop a banger, and then they're like, maybe we're done. That's wild. It's like quit while you're ahead, man. Goodness. Quit you, you you drop sure. the dopest track of all time and you're just like that's it. That's, that's cool it. Device. That is it is cool, man. Holy cow. Uh, I think we just got one segment left and it is the recap of Monday segment. And Monday we talked about um NFL playoffs. Uh conference championships are taking place this weekend on Sunday. Uh, Parker, you, you you've been keeping track of the footballs at all? Yes, is that a a, a yay nay x nay? I have not. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the rundown. I'm gonna give you the rundown. All right. So in the NFC, you have Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, the Battle of the Bays, you could say, and they are going to be playing in Green Bay. Um, it's supposed to be 27 degrees. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be a cold cold day. Um. Two great quarterback talents. You have Aaron Rodgers for Green Bay and Tom Brady from for Tampa Bay, uh, formerly of the Patriots, of course. Um, Green Bay forty, Tampa Bay thirty-seven. That's the prediction. Uh, whoever wins that game will face the winner of Kansas City and Buffalo in the Super Bowl. So just two games left, and then it's real Super Bowl hours, Parker. That is on February the seventh. Uh, the AFC, the AFC, yep, the AFC championship will be Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback for Kansas City, um, had been put under concussion protocol after a hit in the game last weekend. Uh, but as of today, he has since been cleared to play, and so he is expected to play this week uh, on Sunday against Buffalo and Josh Allen. Um, I do think Buffalo will win this one, 27-24. So I think your Super Bowl will be Green Bay and Buffalo. Um, here's a fun fact for you, though. Uh, so the Super Bowl this year is being played in Tampa Bay um, okay. at Raymond James Stadium. So if Tampa Bay wins on Sunday, it will be the first time in Super Bowl history that one of the teams in the Super Bowl will, will be playing at their home field. Huh. Crazy. So if, if Tampa Bay, this is what the fifty something. Fifty. Uh, I want to say fifty four. Uh, forty five. Fifty five. Fifty five. Yeah, fifty fifth. 
and the 51st 55, modern era 55, NFL championship game. Super Bowl 55, Super Bowl 55. So it'll be the first time in uh, five years. Yep. Holy and again, man. that is that is if Tampa Bay wins. Um, come on, music. Right. Thank you. That is if Tampa Bay wins. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, I'm going to try to watch those games. I don't know if I'll be able to. might be able to watch one of them. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so, but you'll be able to, uh, listeners of this podcast will be able to holler back at us on Monday, probably around 6 for the Monday episode of The Dial, in which I will recap the action of both of those games and get into some Super Bowl predictions based on what happens. Um, I think we're wrapping up, Parker. I think that's about all we had. Um, big tech episode this week. Uh, we talked about Starlink. We talked about Apple. We talked about the crazy smartphone space. Um, went around the dial in the world of politics, of sports, of tech, of entertainment. It was overall a great episode uh, with myself, your occasionally illustrious host, Jay to the P. And Parker Holmes, the host of the Real Tech Hours uh, podcast. Uh, you can find his podcast and this one uh, on Anchor.fm and anywhere you find your podcast. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Um, questions, comments, concerns. can't believe I didn't do this yet. Questions, comments, concerns, critiques, and criticisms and constructive things please hit me up on instagram at the creative jp which is also where you can find the links to go and listen to other podcasts um and or you can send us an email at ask the dial podcast at gmail.com that is a-s-k-t-h-e-d-i-a-l-p-o-d-c-a-s-t ask the dial podcast at gmail.com parker it's been fun as always sir um Ladies and gentlemen, you can now touch that dial because, uh, you know, we're done and we'll catch you on Monday. Have a great weekend.